Krishna go go pinasha ima kunda radha kunda giri govardhana ki jai vrindavan dhamma ki jai mathura dhamma ki jai navadvip mayapur dhamma ki jai jagannath puri dhamma ki jai ganga mai juna devi ki jai bhakti devi ki jai tulsi maharani ki jai samaveta bhakta vrinda ki jai gora premanande all glories to the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees all glories to Sri Guru and Garanga all glories to Shri Prabhupada Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasad Vitaray Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namini Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharani Nivasesa Sanyavani Paskatyade Sitarane Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uchana Parakamalam Shri Guru and Vaishnavams Cha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sagana Raganatam Bitam Samsajivam Sadvaitam Sadvadutam Padijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Vitam Shah Panchakapachi Vishaki Pismavichapichina Pavanita Vaishnavana Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Studying Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 32, Text 15 to 22. I think we're going to do 15 and 16 today. Um, normally I do this as a three-part series, so I'm going to do this in two parts. I'm going to just do part one today, and then part two and three tomorrow. So in part one, the gopis ask Krishna their questions, and in part two... Krishna answers the questions about the nine kinds of material relationships, and in part three, Krishna explains how he's relating with us, what's his relationships. And maybe we can have some of these lights off. Here we are, June 3rd, 2014, Bhaktivedanta Manor in London. in the Dandaka forest who saw Lord Ram and wanted to marry him. But Ram had taken a vow of Eka Patni Vrata that he would... Can you all see over there? If you can't see, welcome to squish a little bit. So we had all the ladies squish so you guys can kind of move over a little bit. So they saw Lord Ram and they wanted to marry him but Ram had taken a vow to only have one wife. So, they had to wait to take birth for Krishna's appearance. So how long did they have to wait? How long between Ram's appearance and Krishna's appearance? Two years. Hmm, so how long is that? Two yugas, how long? A few billion years? So then they took birth as, as gopis. Right? But they had to wait all that time. Then there were also the personified Vedas. So they saw Krishna's appearance during Brahma's lifetime. And they thought, we'd like to become gopis in Krishna Lila. But they had to wait to the next lifetime of Brahma when someone else became the personified Vedas. So how long did they have to wait? How long is the lifetime of Brahma? Very long time. Right? Could you imagine if people came to the Hare Krishna movement and we said, chant Hare Krishna, and after one lifetime of Brahma, you can join Krishna's pastimes. Uh, we get impatient if it takes, you know, five years to attain prema. So they're waiting for all these trillions and trillions and trillions of years. And finally... They take birth where Krishna is having his pastimes and they take birth as gopis. Right? And then as we know, all the gopis, they perform their vrat for katyayani. Krishna steals their clothes and he says, in one year, I will uh, dance with you as if I was your husband. So, and they're still waiting and 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 then one night, 
they hear Krishna's flute. And Krishna's flute is played in such a way that each gopi thinks that only she is being called. And so, in the middle of the night, in those days there were lions and tigers in Vrindavan, right? although their families tried to stop them, uh, then they go and see Krishna. Finally, after Sony So just imagine you're waiting for billions and trillions of years and finally you go to see Krishna. Krishna, here I am. You've called me and I've come. Then what does Krishna do? He says, go home. He says, what are you doing here? He says, women should stay home, serve their husbands, take care of their children, be kind to their husbands' relatives, just meditate on me, just absorb yourself in meditation with me, on me, why do you want to associate with me personally? That's the mantra. We're trying to see Krishna, trying to see Krishna. And if one day you look at the altar and there's Gokulananda playing his flute, you say, yes, and he says, no. Go home. So, of course, generally, Krishna's very eager to be with the gopis, and the gopis kind of run away. So this time the gopis expressed their eagerness to be with Krishna. And they said, sorry, we can't go anywhere. They said, you are the real husband. You are the real father. You are the real everything. Our relatives are only dear to us because you're in their heart. As soon as you leave, they become a dead body. They said, anyway... Even if we wanted to go home, we can't. Our feet are stuck here. And we have a different kind of desire now. We have a desire to be with you. And finally, Krishna said, okay. Oh, and then they had so much fun. They were walking by the Jamuna and talking, and they were embracing and laughing and joking. Oh, it was wonderful. And the gopis thought, now, now, finally, after so many trillions and trillions and trillions of years of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, finally we're with Krishna. And Krishna's dancing with us and talking with us and joking and embracing us. We are the most fortunate people anywhere. Who has the fortune that we have? Just see, we've attained everything that we've ever wanted. Now we're finally with Krishna. And Krishna was inciting their desires more and more and more and more and more. And then? He was gone. Sometimes do we find this in our own Krishna consciousness? Right? Krishna comes for a moment and then he's gone. He's gone. They're looking, asking the trees, the creepers, where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? Oh, Mother Earth, your hairs are standing up in ecstasy. Is that because Krishna just walked here or is that from when Lord Varaha picked you up? Tulsi, you must know where he is. They're asking the deer, they're asking the trees, they're practically in madness. Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? It's interesting. Um, sometimes when we chant Hare Krishna and we get some little glimpse of Krishna consciousness, some little glimpse of spiritual happiness and Krishna being there, and then it goes away. So we might become discouraged. Oh, what is the use of this Krishna consciousness? I'm chanting, chanting, so many things, so many austerities. I don't see Krishna at all, or he just comes for a moment. Oh, forget about it. Go back to the material world. We see the gopis didn't do that. Even though after Krishna brought their desires to almost intolerable peak, he just simply left them. Just left them. 
Imagine you're in love with somebody and you're waiting and waiting and you're finally with them and you, you start going out to Govinda's and just as you're about to enter the door of Govinda's restaurant on your date, they just disappear, they just walk away. So they became so much mad in love for Krishna that they started actually thinking that they were Krishna. They started imitating Krishna's pastimes. Now this, this particular part of the Leela is very interesting because as you all know, the reason that we are conditioned souls in the material world is that we have some envy of Krishna. We want to be Krishna. Now the jiva is thinking, maybe Krishna is holding out on me. Maybe Krishna has some pleasure that I don't have. I mean, I'm just having the pleasure of the servant, you know. <laughs> maybe there's some pleasure in being the master that I'm not experiencing. Somehow Krishna is cheating me. Of course, it's interesting, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, who so much wants to be the devotee that he takes the role of the devotee. But here we see that Krishna gives his devotees the pleasure that he experiences. Krishna is not envious. <laughs> Krishna doesn't have the mood that I'm going to have some pleasure that I don't share with my devotees. So we see this even with Prahlad Maharaj, he experiences this mood of I am Krishna and I am enjoying from Krishna's perspective. Prabhupada says, sometimes Krishna takes the ecstasy of Radha, sometimes Radha takes the ecstasy of Krishna. So here the gopis are experiencing the ecstasy that Krishna is experiencing. And they're acting out all the pastimes. They become almost crazy. And gradually that subsides. And they're still searching and searching and searching in the forest. And then finally, they see some footprints. <gasps> some little sign. Do we ever have that sometimes? <gasps> maybe Krishna's here. Maybe he's here. He went away, but maybe he's here. And they're following the footprints. And as they follow the footprints, they see there's two sets of footprints. And they start saying, oh, that Radharani. She thinks she's better than all of us. She's the one that Krishna went off with. And then they come and see that even Radharani has been left by Krishna. So this was a way of uniting all the different groups of gopis. So now all the gopis were sympathetic with one another. They all treated each other as friends. And they continued to go through the dark forest in the moonlight. Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? The forest is getting darker and darker and darker. And they think, if we keep chasing Krishna, he'll keep running. And if he keeps running, he may hurt his feet. Oh, here's the Jamuna. We still haven't found him anywhere. No use to go on searching for him. Why don't we sit here by the Jamuna and just sing about him until he returns? to be meditating on uh, that was leading up to this chapter now we're going to be meditating on chapter 32 text 15 and 16 and again we may feel that you know we do such service for Krishna we give everything we surrender everything but sometimes everything's dry Krishna's not there isn't it? and sometimes Krishna comes for a moment and then he leaves and despite our best efforts, we cannot find him anywhere. Sometimes different devotees will have different experiences. We're all in the same kirtan, and one devotee is in ecstasy, and we feel nothing. And we're trying to understand, how is it that Krishna is reciprocating with us? So if we could chant these together, this is text 15, we can all say this together. Saba jayitva tamanangadipanam 
Sahasalitishanam vibramam guya Samsparshanayin kat kutang vihastayo Samsdutya ishas kupita bahashire All together. Sri Krishna had awakened... Oops, sorry. Sorry, computers are funny. Sri Krishna had awakened romantic desires within the gopis and they honored him by glancing at him with playful smiles gesturing amorously with their eyebrows and massaging his hands and feet as they held them in their laps. Even while worshipping him, however, they felt somewhat angry, and thus they addressed him as follows. Okay, the next verse that we can all say together. Shri Gopya Uchu Bajato Nubajanjeka Eka Eta Viparyayam Nobayamscha Bajanjeka Eta Nobuhisadubo the gopi said, some people reciprocate the affection only of those who are affectionate toward them, while others show affection even to those who are indifferent or inimical, and yet others will not show affection towards anyone. Dear Krishna, please properly explain this matter to us. So the gopis were thinking, what kind of a lover are you anyway? Well, I mean, you're not even a gentleman. You, you, you call your lady friends out to the forest in the middle of the night and then you just leave us and, and you don't even care that we're crying? We're just crying and crying and singing and you just abandon us? We, we love Krishna. We don't have any reservation. We love Krishna in all circumstances. We, we would never cause him any grief or anxiety. Is he just evil? That we're loving him and loving him and loving him, and he says, Aha, I'm just leaving you there in the middle of the night and suffer. Mm. We should ask him about this, but we should ask him rather carefully because we don't want him to leave again. I mean, if we make him angry, he must might just turn around and leave again. So we, we really have to be very careful how we approach the subject. So in, in very careful and paradoxical language, why don't we get Krishna to admit, instead of accusing him, instead of saying, Krishna, you're ungrateful, you're not even a gentleman, you don't even care for us, he'll ask him questions in an indirect way. And women in general are very good at this kind of thing. So that Krishna will be forced to admit his own fault. And in that way, we'll very carefully reveal what's going on in our hearts. So the gopis took the cloth, their chutters that were scented with their own fragrance, and they lay this, these chutters on the sang, sandy bank of the Jamuna. It was said to be the most wonderful asana that had ever been given to the Lord. And Krishna expanded himself and sat down next to each gopi, unseen by the others. And as he sat down next to them, they took his lotus feet or the, his lotus hands in their lap and they were massaging them. Or Krishna Chakravati Thakur says maybe Krishna was massaging their lotus feet and their lotus hands. And they looked at him with great love, <clears throat> but they felt great joy. We're just village women. We, we don't know what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's bad. We really don't know much of anything. Okay? We have a switch. We have a, a breaker. Everything went off. The breakers are outside the, the treasury, if anyone knows, you know. Okay, otherwise we do have some. Okay, so they said, we don't know what's right and what's wrong. We don't know what's good and what's bad. We don't understand anything. And you're very learned. You're the ones who can answer our question. Yeah, you're the ones who, you're the only one who can properly answer our questions. So the gopis wanted again Krishna to prove with his own words that he was ungrateful, that he was the one who had the problem. 
don't we often think like this in spiritual life I hear this all the time where devotees would say if only Krishna would come in front of me then I'd be Krishna conscious right? it's Krishna's fault uh, Krishna's the one who's messed up my life He's, he gave me a bad wife, bad husband didn't give me any wife, any husband put me in the wrong temple gave me a sick body, gave me the wrong temple president didn't give me enough money, didn't let me go to the holy dom if only Krishna arranged everything properly in my life then I'd be Krishna conscious he's just not grateful, I've done all this service and where is he? so they said, Krishna what's the best person what's the most honest person the most loving person and the gopis are going to name three kinds of people <coughs> so tomorrow Krishna is going to expand these three into nine so they said the first kind of person they just give whatever they get if somebody gives them something then they reciprocate accordingly okay you've given me this much I'll give you this much and we see this many many times in materialistic relationships this merchant mentality that I'm just going to give as much as I'm getting and in fact there are books on relationships particularly on man-woman relationships that'll talk about the relationship like a scoreboard you know, well, if you give your wife flowers, she'll give you five points. If you cook your husband lasagna, he'll give you six points. You know, and, and each party has to be thinking, how many points am I giving the other and how many am I getting? And in this kind of relationship, we'll talk about this quite a bit more tomorrow. In this kind of relationship, we become very dissatisfied if we feel that we're getting less than we're giving. You know, very, very much like when you go shopping if you spend you know 20 pounds and you buy something that's only worth 10 pounds you feel disturbed oh I got cheated I didn't get the full value of my money and when we have relationships where we get very angry and very bitter and we're thinking I've sacrificed so much I've sacrificed so much what has the other person done for me we are in this kind of a relationship and we can have this relationship with another person I've seen people have this relationship with ISKCON. You know, I gave the best years of my life and I was serving for 10 hours a day and I distributed so many books and I collected so much money. And what has ISKCON done for me? Yeah. What did I get? <laughs> so this is a merchant relationship. Second type of person is they love no matter how they're treated. So if they're treated nicely, they love. If they're not treated nicely, they still love. They just love unconditionally, uh, the givers. And then we have the third kind of person, they don't love anybody. They don't love someone who loves them, they don't love someone who doesn't love them, they're just indifferent. They don't care if anybody loves them or not, they just don't reciprocate at all. So, okay Krishna, which one of these three types are you? <laughs> That's what they're actually asking. But what they say to Krishna is, you know everything, please think about these three types of people and tell us which type is the best. That's what they're saying, what they're thinking is, and who are you, Krishna? So this is what they were really asking. Do you have love towards us? Do you have indifference? Or do you hate us? We can't tell who you are. Right? We often try to put Krishna into some sort of material category in terms of relationship, isn't it? We try to understand Krishna according to our own ways of thinking and our relationships in the world. And as we'll see tomorrow, Krishna explains that there's nine kinds of material relationships and that he's most of them and none of them. He's in a special category. So they said, all right, do you have conditional love like the merchants? Well, no, because if you had conditional love like a merchant, if you gave according to how we give, then you wouldn't have left us in the middle of the night. We're giving so much to you and you're not giving back what we're giving. So, no, we don't think you have conditional love because you neglected us. Do you have unconditional love? Do you love us regardless? 
Well, you wouldn't leave us in the middle of the night for that either. If you loved us in all circumstances, then you would stay with us in all circumstances. So I don't think you have unconditional love for us either. Maybe you just don't care. Well, that's not really true either. Because you do things to make us happy. And you do things to make us sad. You don't just ignore us. Do you hate us all the time? No, that's not true either. Sometimes you're very loving with us. Do you hate us because we did something wrong and we have some fault? No, because we don't have any fault. <laughs> Now, of course, in this world, it's not like that. Right? In this world, we sometimes have people that we think, oh, they're my enemy and I didn't do anything. <laughs> right? I'm just a poor, innocent victim, and the other person is the evildoer. I mean, sometimes that's true. If you're just walking down the street and someone steals your money. But in general, in our human relationships, it's not like that. But the gopi said, we're completely innocent here, so you can't have this kind of relationship. So when we really want to understand Uh, what is Krishna's dealings with us? When we really under, want to understand who is Krishna, how does he feel? How is he loving us? How is he reciprocating with us? Instead of just speculating and instead of just thinking in material terms and trying to understand Krishna in terms of a material relationship and putting him in various categories like that, instead we should open our heart to Krishna. What the gopis did was the correct thing. They didn't just sit there fuming. They opened up their heart to Krishna. They revealed their minds. Of course, they did it in a very polite and respectful way. But they asked Krishna, please tell us, how are you reciprocating with us? What kind of loving relationship do you have? How should we understand you? And this is the only way to understand another person. What to speak of if we're trying to understand the unlimited, unfathomable person who is Krishna. One cannot understand Krishna just simply by logic or by analysis or just even on the basis of our own emotions. One can really only understand Krishna when he reveals himself to us. And as we see, as Krishna reveals what are the different kinds of relationships and how he's acting, that the gopis are going to come to a very amazing depth of love. So if all of us in our Hare Krishna movement were to do that, If we were all really, instead of just working on the material platform, if we were really to reveal our hearts and our minds to Krishna and understand how he's dealing with us and his loving relationships, then we can have a perfect loving relationship not only with him but with each other. So tomorrow we're going to come to Krishna's answers. And again, this is in two parts. Where Krishna is first going to explain the nine kinds of material relationships And then Krishna is going to explain how he's most of them, not all of them. Krishna is not the last three. How Krishna is the first six, and he isn't those first six. That really Krishna isn't anything material. And that his relationships with us are something wonderful and extraordinary. So if you could turn on the lights, thank you for your patience with our technological glitches. Oh, there's no lights, Jai. Yes, you didn't turn off the lights. There just isn't any. There just aren't any lights. Jai, Krishna. Anybody have any questions, comments, additions, subtractions, corrections, chastisements? Yes. Okay, so the first thing is why should we reveal our heart to Krishna if Krishna already knows what's in our heart? Why talk to him about anything? Well, if that were the case, then one of the nine processes of devotion would be redundant. What, would, what is that process? What of the nine processes is... Making Krishna your friend. Okay, so there's two processes then. Making Krishna your friend and... Hmm? Prayer. Prayer. 
So there's uh, three main categories of prayer that Rupa Goswami gives. And uh, all of them have to do with revealing your heart. One is where you're revealing how, how desolate you are without Krishna. You're lamenting without Krishna. You're, one is glorifying Krishna. And one is at a higher level asking Krishna for a specific service. And we find that kind of prayer is like Radha Krishna Pranamoy. You know, when am I going to decorate you with Chanda and when am I going to fan you? But if you look at the prayers of the Acharyas, you'll find that they're very much that they're very much revealing their heart, isn't it? Aren't they? Yes. Yes? Yeah, she ready to go cool and under the phone. She should go in the time. I wish I could just do an announcement. With no power in the whole village. Okay. Here. There's no toilet facilities. There's no water. There's nothing at the moment. Oh, so, how nice. Um, I'm not sure what to say about the continuing, the carry on with the program, of course, but uh, any other facilities in the temple are finished at the moment. Even the cooking, no breakfast. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> it's all electric stoves. Yeah. It's all, no, it's. Mm-hmm. It's yes. linked with safety. All the gas automatically cuts off. Oh my God! This is electrically commanded. So when there's no power, we don't have gas. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now I think India is more advanced than the West. <laughs> At least they're intelligent enough to know that when the power goes off, you can cook with your gas. So, so all we can do is one of those things. Was a prayer, was it? <laughs> <laughs> We have no gas. Why would the gas? Anyway, all right, Krishna. I know it's not logical. That's. I thought the British was like some of the most intelligent logical. All right. Well, we'll just go on for a few more minutes here, and then. Is it a fast day, friendly? It's a fast day. It's the appearance or disappearance day of Vikeshwar Pandit. You don't usually fast. Forced fasting. Forced fasting, yeah. Maybe somebody has some little snacks in their, in their room. Okay. We have fast day with 64 rounds today. We have some fruit. Okay, so uh, why, is, why does Krishna like prayer? If he already knows what's in our heart, why does Krishna like prayer? Why does he relish prayer? Why is that a, a reciprocation of love with Krishna? Anybody have any idea? Yeah. Because then you can surrender your free will. You can surrender your free will, okay. Any other ideas? Yes? It's being personal. Don't you like to talk to your good friends even if you understand each other really well? Isn't that pleasurable? Yes? So Krishna wants a relationship. We're not just trying to head for the Brahman. Or even Paramatma. Paramatma is just all-knowing. So we're not interested just in becoming, in like merging with the Paramatma or worshipping the Paramatma, this all-knowing, all-pervading mind where everybody understands everybody automatically and there's no need of it, there's no real relay, there's no rasa. So in Brahman, there's just existence. In Paramatma, there's just knowledge, but there's no rasa. With Bhagavan, there's rasa. And Bhagavan apparently doesn't know what the devotees are thinking, which is quite interesting. You know, yeah, with the Agasura Lila, where Krishna sees the Agasura and he thinks this is really a demon. I don't want the cowherd boys to go in there. And the cowherd boys think, oh, you know, it looks like a statue. And if it is a demon, Krishna will save us. And Krishna didn't want them to go into Agasura, but they went anyway. And with Rukmini, where Krishna is joking with Rukmini and she faints, and he told her, I didn't want you to faint, I wanted you to joke back. And then she says, okay, and then she starts joking back. The psychologists have analyzed that in our material relationships, one of the things that keeps things alive is mystery. That if you feel you know somebody inside out, backwards, forward, up and down, you get bored. That if there's always something to discover about somebody, he keeps the relationship alive. And Krishna likes this mystery even with himself. So we hear how Krishna is always expanding, then his knowledge of himself expands, then he expands more, then his knowledge of himself expands. His expansion is always greater than his knowledge. So Krishna always has more things to discover about himself. 
And Krishna finds us fascinating. A few weeks ago, I saw a mother, maybe months ago, a mother with a very new baby. Yeah, it was months ago. First baby, newborn. And she kept looking at his little toes. And I thought, she already knows what his toes look like. You know, but she finds it fascinating. So Krishna finds us fascinating like that. And Krishna finds us unlimitedly, eternally fascinating. And because we're people and he's a person, there's always more to unfold in our relationships. So Krishna enjoys that. I mean, it really wouldn't be rasa if you're just kind of all, we all know everything all the time. We always know what everyone else is thinking. And then there's no rasa. So Krishna very much enjoys that. Also, from our perspective, we desperately need to do this. Very desperately. Because what is one of the four defects of a conditioned soul? <clears throat> cheating. And who are we cheating? Ourselves. We're certainly not cheating Krishna. And we don't, we don't cheat other people very effectively. <laughs> We're not terribly good at that. Just like each of us can see the problems of other, of other people, yes? Can you see other people's problems clearly? More clearly than your own problems? Yeah, okay. We can see other people's faults clearly. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty good at that. But we can't see our own faults very clearly. Isn't that the fact? Even when somebody else points out our faults to us, we still don't see them. We just argue with them and yell at them or tell them that they're just envious or something like that. <laughs> So it's, it's essential. Raghunath Goswami says the most essential thing is truthfulness and giving up deceit. So who do we need to be truthful with? We need to be truthful with ourselves. Without being truthful with ourselves, without seeing ourselves honestly, we really can't even take a step in, in genuine Krishna consciousness. You just can't get anywhere. Right? The devotees are often called the satams, the truthful devotees. What is it... Um, What is that one? <laughs> so by hearing the messages of Krishna, it cleanses all the abhadra in the heart of the truthful devotees. So when we pray to Krishna, we're really giving up our deceit. That's really what we're doing when we're an aspiring devotee. When we're at a higher level, we're talking with Krishna out of rasa, but at a lower level, we're talking with Krishna to give up our deceit and to finally be honest with him. You know, because we've, we've cheated him and we've lied to him and we've, we've hurt him, we've hurt his feelings. So if somebody has hurt you, you want them to say they're sorry, yes? Yes, yes, yes? Yes. You want them to come and say, I'm really sorry. I'd really like to have a relationship with you. You know, you want them to express that. So Krishna very much wants us to express that and it's extremely important for us. Also, it starts establishing our relationship with Krishna. And you know what? We're all talking all the time anyway in our mind, aren't we? Isn't your mind... It's, I mean, that's what my mind does. My mind is going constantly. So if we're going to be talking anyway, why not talk to Krishna? Does that make sense? Why should I just talk to myself? I mean, all day long, my mind is just talking to myself. Oh, what about this? What about this? So why not have the conversation with God? it's not that if you're not talking to Krishna, your mind is just silent. <laughs> is it just silent? Anybody here of a silent mind? No. Okay, what was your second question? Uh, how, how, do we reveal? how will Krishna reveal? Oh, you don't have to worry about no, that. How do we reveal ourselves to Krishna? How do we reveal ourselves to Krishna? Um, it, two things. Both revealing our, our um, well, more than two. Okay, we reveal our, our sorrow, our grief at our fallen nature, at our inability. We'll get into this a little bit more tomorrow. We also reveal our hankering for a relationship. We reveal our questions. Here the gopis are revealing their questions. They're asking Krishna for understanding. So we ask Krishna for understanding. If we're suffering through something, we say to Krishna, Krishna, please tell me how to respond to this. What's the response that you would like? How do, you, how do you want me to, to deal with this particular suffering? How do you want me to deal with this devotee? We ask Krishna for guidance. He's eager to give you guidance, but you have to ask him. You know, yesterday we were driving down by the 
seaside, and we got lost. So we called the, the person we were going to see, and we asked him for directions, and he was very happy. We asked him. He said, why didn't you call me earlier and ask me earlier before you got completely lost? So Krishna's the same way. You know, he wants us to ask for directions. He wants us to ask for clarification, for understanding. Is that all right? So many ways. We can talk to Krishna about what we read about him and, and talk to him about how happy we are. With, wow, Krishna, I just read this thing about you. We can talk to Krishna about our service. Krishna, I'm going to do this service. Please let me do it in a way that's pleasing to you. Please let me do it in a way that will remember you. If you want to have models of how to talk to Krishna, there are so many, so many, so many prayers throughout the Shastra that you can read how the devotees are talking to Krishna. You can glorify Krishna in so many ways. You can glorify Krishna within the material world, within the spiritual world. So many prayers and songs that you can use as a model of how to reveal your mind to Krishna. And we even have some of the Acharyas are modeling from the point of view of the conditioned soul. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is modeling like that. I'm so fallen, I've wasted my life. and so. Anything else? Yes? So in a sense, our own prayers are, might not be as perfect as the pray, uh, prayers of the Acharyas, so we should maybe use their prayers more. Sure, but you can also say your own prayers. It's not that you can never say your own prayers. Yes? I think sometimes there's a difficulty in um, asking for help externally. Mm. Would that affect us internally, asking for help to Krishna? You know, externally, like there might be a false ego. That we don't want to ask Krishna to help us? Yeah, or asking for help, you know, materially. Asking for help from other people? Yeah, we don't ask for that help. Maybe due to false ego, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's interesting. In the six loving exchanges, there's three categories. (coughs) What are the three categories in the six loving exchanges? Food, prasadam. Gifts Gifts and confidences. And each one of them have a giving-taking. So each one of them you give and you receive. And sometimes we don't like to receive. Sometimes we like to give in the mood that I'm God and I'm giving. I'm giving. I'm the big giver. (laughs) But we don't like to receive. And sometimes we, we don't like to receive saying it's humility. I remember, oh, gosh, it was a very, very, very long time ago that I said this to my husband. I don't like to receive anything. It seems like I'm proud if I'm accepting something from somebody else. I should just give. And he said, no, that's humility that you're admitting you can't do it all yourself. So being willing to receive is is part of humility. I'm a very small jiva. I can't do it all myself. I need help. I mean, what can we do by ourselves? Absolutely nothing other than desire. That's all we can do. We're helpless. We're completely helpless. We cannot function materially or spiritually just on our own power. We're totally dependent on Krishna, and Krishna has us dependent on so many agents. And that's how you develop love. You can't, as Rupa Goswami says, <laughs> that's how you develop love is by giving and receiving. Love is not just some, something in the, you know, internally. Oh, I love you, but I don't do anything. I mean, what, is, what kind of love is that? But love is also receiving. If you give someone a gift and they're like, well, I don't need this. Someone actually did that to me not too long ago. It was really, you know. I gave this one Sanasi a donation, and he said, what am I going to do with it? I said, I don't know, buy some socks. <laughs> he says, well, the last thing I need is more socks. I said, I use it for your travel? I don't know, whatever. He said, I'll just put it in the donation box. And I was, I was hurt. I thought, you don't need anything? I thought, why did I give you something if you don't even need it? You know, at least to say thank you. I mean, sometimes it's awkward. People give me things all the time that I don't know what to do with. Somebody recently gave me a beautiful chutter, but I already have a chutter, and <laughs> my suitcase just won't hold anymore, just a little tiny suitcase. But at least you say thank you. At least you say thank you. And uh, it was funny because just the other day, we'd been talking in the class at that temple about giving appropriate gifts. So we got in the car to go to the airport, and I handed it to one of the devotees in the car. I said, here, I think your wife would like this. And he just laughed and laughed. So, you know, sometimes we get gifts we don't know what to do with, and we just have to give them away. But at least we should be grateful for the gifts that we get. 
we should accept the love behind it and the intention behind it and admit that we're very small. We're very, very small. What to speak of getting help from Krishna? I mean, how we can't even breathe without Krishna. <laughs> we can't do anything. We can't have a body. I mean, we can't function anywhere, any, in any sphere without Krishna. Anybody else? Okay, yes? Um, Hi Krishna, I'm just uh, wondering, saying the prayers, and uh, when you sing prayers, um, sometimes it makes you feel emotional as well. Um, it's coming from the heart. Is that okay? Is it okay to feel emotional when saying... She says, sometimes when you say prayers, you feel emotional. Is that okay? What do you all say? Yes. Not only is it okay, it's what? It's the whole point. (laughs) Bhakti is devotional service. What does devotion mean? Emotion. What are, what are we talking about? Love of God. Love, of, love is an emotion. Yes? So there's service. Both. Not just emotion. Not just, oh, I love Krishna. Okay, what do you do for him? Nothing. I just love him. <laughs> you know, I met a girl like that eons ago. She came to the Boston Sunday Feast. And she said, well, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I said, that's lovely. I said, if you didn't tell me that, how could I look at your life and know? And she said, you wouldn't. It's all in my heart. So that's not very useful. My dear husband, I love you so much. All right, but it's 8 o'clock at night and where's dinner? But I love you. (laughs) My dear wife, I love you so much. Yeah, but you haven't gotten off the couch in a month. But I love you. (laughs) So that's, that's not worth anything. Or not much. It's not worth very much. And nor just service without emotion. What's the difference between the wife cooking and a servant cooking? Both the wife and the servant are trying to cook something the family likes. They may cook the same thing, but what's the difference? Why do we have devotees cook for the deities? Why don't we just hire some non-devotee chef? Because we want the emotion. Yes? Maya Shakta Manaparta. Think of me with attachment. Bhagavad Gita 7.1. Most often quoted verse that Srila Prabhupada quotes. And Prabhupada talked about this verse speaking to a general audience and says you have to become attached to Krishna. What is attachment? It is an emotion. It is an emotion. Uh, Nectar Devotion, Chapter 2. Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti begins. Vaidhi, not Raganuga. Vaidhi Sadhana Bhakti begins with thinking of Krishna with some attachment. You can't think of Krishna all the time without some attachment. You can't even try to think of Krishna all the time without some attachment. The whole point is emotion. Bhakti is about emotion. So everything we're doing is meant to awaken those emotions. Our japa, our kirtan, our prasadam our classes, it's all meant to awaken some emotion. We're we're not interested in just merging into the Brahman or even with the Paramatma. The Brahman is just existence and Paramatma is just knowledge. But then there's no Ananda. For there to be Ananda, there has to be emotion. So when emotion awakens in, in us in the process of bhakti, we should celebrate and we should nourish that and we should feed it. And, and expand it more and more and more. We're looking for a volcano of emotion. We're looking for a, a, an earthquake of emotion in our heart. That's what we're aiming for in this bhakti process. We're not simply looking for knowledge and, and detachment and something like that. Yes? I was going to ask, which are those emotions that are conducive to location? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So to find the answer to that question, I would refer you to the Nectar Devotion where Rupa Goswami describes all the emotions that can occur in the process of worshipping Krishna. And the answer is all the emotions, even the so-called negative ones. Right? There are seven secondary rasas, and those include even fear, and even anger, and even disgust. Prabhupada says, if you want to experience disgust, worship Nisingadev. Look at that picture, all covered with blood, and garlanded with intestines. 
So if one wants to experience the emotion of horror and disgust, one worships in Singadev. Or even Krishna and Balaram create rivers of blood in some of their battles. Yes. So all emotions, Yam Krota Kama Sahaja Pranayati Bhitti Vatsalya Moha Guru Gorva Savya Bhavai Sanchin Chichasam Sadvi Simtanam Aparete Govindamani Purusham Tamaham Bhajam. There's only one emotion that's forbidden. What is the only emotion that's forbidden? Envy. Now, there can be a kind of competition. The coward boys, I'm going to touch Krishna first, or I'm going to touch Krishna first, or I'm going to touch Krishna first. That gopi doesn't know how to love Krishna nicely. I'm the only one who knows how to love Krishna nicely. There's that kind of loving competition. The kind of competition you have when you're playing a game with your family members or your friends. Have you ever played a game with your family members or your Mm -hmm. friends? Or there's those tennis stars. What are they? Williams, Serena, and uh, Venus? Some of my grandchildren are tennis players. So there's these two sisters. They're top tennis players in the world. Sometimes the two of them are competing at the top finals in the world. So each one is trying to win, but they're not envious of each other. We would hope, anyway. Right? If Serena wins, Venus is happy. Venus wins, Serena is happy. Because they're sisters. So even though they're both trying to win, there's no end, there's no malice. There's no malice. So the only thing, the only emotion that's not allowed is malice. The desire to harm others. The desire to harm others. And the pleasure we get from harming others. Ah, I've defeated you. I've smashed you. I am greater than you. That we cannot use in Christian service at all. That has to be given up. But everything else, even anger, disgust, fear. We can be very scared that Kali is entrapping Krishna in his coils. We can be very scared that Krishna is going to go to Mathura and never return. We can be angry that Kamsa is killing Devaki's babies. We can be angry that Putin is killing the babies. We can be angry that people are slaughtering the cows. I'm going to go have school without power. (laughs) Pretend you're in India. (laughs) You must be very practiced all the time you spend in India. I lived without power for years. Yes, years, and years. But I bet your gas stoves work. Yeah, but we're out well, parasitting in those days and we couldn't even get gas. But wow. Yeah, we, we never starved. You never starved, yeah. And wood, wood fire we used to use. Wood fire. Will they permit that here in England or you're not allowed wood fires without electricity? No, we don't Health and safety. Health and safety. Better you all starve. <laughs> Anybody else? Any other questions, comments? Aha! Krishna says, I am the light in all luminous objects. Mm. Any other question? Everybody's anxious to go see Wim Prasad and we'll be ready? Everybody everybody was planning, what am I going to do today without breakfast? Do I have a secret stock of fruit in my room somewhere? Can I get to it before the other brahmacharis find it? She's a pro-body key.